Welcome to Master Mindset. Reframe your thinking, master your mindset with Nate Schooler and Kim Adele. Good, very good. I've been uh, been really delving into this uh, into this topic, right? And self-leadership is is just a huge topic and it ties into so many different things as I'm I'm sure you're you're aware. So Kim, self-leadership you know, according to uh, Google, right, like Charles Mance, he, he coined the term in 1983, but like self-leadership, it goes way beyond 1983, right? Yeah, everyone thinks self-leadership in some form has been around probably since the start of time. We probably just didn't have the label for it because it's been those moments where we have to make our choices. You know, the life throws us what life's going to throw us. I was... Um, say life loves to throw us a plot twist yeah we might think that we're heading in a particular direction but then something will get thrown into our path and we have to make choices about how we're going to deal with that so I think for me that's where self-leadership comes in it's that piece that says how do I maintain control over my emotions and deal with the facts because one of the things that I know for me personally is I often will be responding to the emotion, not to the fact. It won't be what's happened. It's what I've made it mean. And that's when I start to feel out of control because I'm operating in emotion. And it's very difficult to operate in emotion and deal with fact. So taking a moment of pause to breathe and go, okay, let me just really split that down. What part of that is factually happening? And what other part of it is me responding to the emotions of what I've made it mean because I'm basing that on my past? And if I can separate those out, then I can actually take the actions to deal with the facts and come back and deal with those emotions. Yeah, it's um, it, it, it's such a huge topic, this one, like I say, and I agree completely, like being able to separate uh, fact from emotion is, is absolutely key, right? And, you know, I, as part of my study into this topic, I somehow I ended up getting into uh, Man's Search for Meaning, the Victor E. Frankel uh, book. And I've been wanting to read that for a long, long time. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of two thirds of the way through that at the moment. And what, what really stood out for me was a, a quote from, from this book. And uh, Victor, Victor Frankel said, everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of the human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. So to choose one's own way. It's um, deep, right? Yeah, yeah, a hugely, hugely powerful. And I think that is around our choice. You know, I've often said that we can't choose how people behave towards us or the situation we find ourselves, but we do get to choose our response. And he is an outstanding example of somebody who chose his response in some of the most unimaginable circumstances. I can't begin to imagine what it must have been like to be in that situation, to have felt like, actually, what really could I control? And yet he found a way to find something to control. And I think, you know, one of the things that I've identified over the years, not I've been anywhere near anything as traumatic as that, is that the only thing that's greater than fear is hope. And hope's the one thing that somebody can't take from me. I have to give it up. 
And whilst I refuse to give it up, while I cling on to it, no matter how unrealistic it feels like that there is really any hope, it allows me to stay focused on on the chance, the opportunity that it could get better. And I guess to me, that's how I would um, try and articulate what he was saying, which is that was the one part that he could control. He could control the fact that he still believed, he still hoped that no matter how dire, no matter how unimaginably horrible his situation was, that they couldn't take that last bit away from him, that last bit of human spirit that he clung on to and used as the catapult for the rest of his life. Yeah, it, it was it was very interesting because of the way that he, he said that that's the only thing that he could control. Nothing else was 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 within his control apart from how he reacted to the situation that he felt himself in and yeah i i can strongly recommend this book to anyone that hasn't uh hasn't read it or listened to it it's on audible um but you know since my visit to auschwitz uh i think it it really put my life into perspective actually and self-leadership and how you kind of handle what life throws at you right is is a big part of that but i know you come from like big corporate background. So you're used to helping other people to kind of live life uh, in a better way if they're perhaps going through uh, bad situations or redundancies or whatever, like you've got masses of experience with that. And I found that particularly interesting to talk to you about um, when you when you had to run massive redundancy programs and how you didn't get any any grievances at all. And how you kind of help these people like it must have been really really hard to do that it is because it's one of the most traumatic experiences for individuals and as a leader it's really hard to be the one that's responsible for that to be stood in front of these people and saying as a result of me um you're going to end up not with a role at the end of this you're gonna have to find a new way of, of surviving but actually one of the things as we go through all of this it, as you go through a consultation is that people start to respond to what they've made it mean rather than what's actually happening. So they've decided that the reason that they're in this situation is because they're not good enough, you don't want them to be there, you've never liked them. Whatever story they've created, that's where they get themselves hung up. And it's like, that's not true. The facts are, as an organisation, we were unable to weather the storm. There were challenges that came in that we weren't able to navigate We weren't able to lead you around them. And so you are being impacted as a result of this. But you are it's not because of you. It's being done to you. You are unfortunately having to live with the consequence. But the reason I say it's not about you is it's not because of anything you did. It wasn't because I wouldn't love you to work with me for the rest of your life. It wasn't because you're not a great employee. So don't make it those things. The facts are, as an organisation, we can't survive on this cost base. We either cut some costs or we go under. And that would mean even more job losses. Spare the facts. And in any situation like that, facts are your friend, because everything else we create is a story. And the story is always based on emotion. And that can be really hard to cling to. So For me, whenever I've been dealing with anything challenging for other people or challenging for myself, I've looked at what are the things that I can control? And then I'll cling to them like a life draft in the stormy sea of my mind 
to go all this other stuff that's swirling around, all these stories I'm creating, I can't change them. I can't do anything about them. If they're true, there's nothing else I can change. But actually, what are the things I can change? What are the things that I can do? And if I focus on those, I feel back in control. Even if not fully control, I feel in control of something. And more importantly, I feel in control of how I feel because I'm able to be focused inward on that. Yeah, very much. It's, it, it, it's well, we had, a, we had someone turn up late. Nada turned up late and she asked which book it was that I was referring to. And it was uh, it was Man's Search for Search for Meaning by Victor Victor E. Frankel, which I thought was fascinating. But in terms of self leadership, and you know, perhaps a lot of the people who who will listen to this are working for big corporations. Do you think that Do you think that a lot more can be kind of done to help people with self leadership and managing their mental health? Because we're kind of we're kind of in that arena, aren't we? Really. Yeah, so I think some of it is finding out some of the steps. What are the steps that I can do when I feel overwhelmed, when I feel like actually I don't, I, I often call it the stop the bus, I want to get off moment, that moment where you're just like, just for five minutes. But I just take a tactical time out and just give myself time, time to breathe so that I can actually work out what's fact, what's emotion, where do I go next, what happens. But obviously the world doesn't stop turning just because I'd like it to. So um, what I've done is identify a number of steps that I can take to allow me to pause the overwhelm and get back in control. And we obviously, we share all of these. They're available on the free resources piece. And those steps really work, even in some of the most traumatic things that I've um, had to navigate, going through those steps, sometimes they've taken longer, but going through those steps have now allowed me to gain control. But the other thing is to talk to other people. It's one of the things that having been in senior leadership positions is easy to say and hard to do. We don't go and tell anybody else that we might not be feeling 100%, that maybe we'd like five minutes out to breathe and think and and find some focus because we're beset by challenge and change. There's change all around us, whether that's automation or digitalization. We've got the changing demands of the workforce as we've got millennials and other generations moving through and what they're looking for. We've got the challenging changes of the environment. We've added in a pandemic. There's so many things that are vying for our attention. The opportunity to take a step back and say, I just need to pause and think, feels sometimes like it's selfish, like it's unacceptable to say, I need a moment's pause. But in that moment's pause, you can really think. And with that clarity, you gain the confidence that you're taking the right steps and that allows you to really re-motivate and move forward. So I encourage everybody um, to actually factor that into your day, factor in a little bit of time for reflection, be selfish about it, make sure you maintain it because it genuinely is not selfish. If you can take that moment of pause, no matter how busy you are, you can take that even 10 minutes and really just give yourself chance to focus, to reflect, to breathe, then you will come out with better answers because you're giving your subconscious brain chance to tell you the answer that you're fighting your conscious brain to find. And you can do this yourself. You can do it through mindfulness or meditation or just working yourself through some of the steps around 
what are the facts and what are the emotions? What am I responding to here? Is there anything else that I can take into account? And all of those I know work because I've used them for years and I've used them with other people um, to success. But sometimes we don't want to do it on our own. So I would say to people, either go through and find that self-help or find yourself somebody who can be your mentor or your buddy or part of your Thrive Hive, somebody you can go and talk to when things get tough. Or go and find somebody else who can do it with you so you don't have to do it alone. Go and find a provider, whether that's a coach, a mentor, a peer group training, whatever works best for you. And that's, I guess, the key part for me of self-leadership is make it about you. Make it about what works for you and who's going to best help you. Is that just you? Is it a group of you? Is it going and looking it up on the internet, working through YouTubes? Or is it going and finding somebody who can be by your side, whether that's a coach, a mentor, a trainer, a buddy or a peer group? It's about what works for you and no one thing will work for everybody because it's got to align to what you're looking for. Yeah, that's that's really, really helpful advice. Thank you, uh, Nada. I really appreciate your um, your positive feedback. And so in terms of like the benefits of self-leadership, right? I mean, we're basically talking about taking control of your life and not being surprised with the results that you're creating and also, you know, having a clear mind, being healthier, being happier, um, and being more balanced in your lifestyle. Are those the kind of benefits that you would uh, you would think uh, would would be? Um, some of them, I would I would say um, probably we couldn't say you'll never be surprised because life does love to throw us a plot twist. But it's about the surprise not actually derailing us. It's about us being a place. You know, I used to talk to leaders and and work with leaders and was one of them for a lot of years but it's like if you're always operating at 100 percent of capacity what do you do when life throws you a plot twist because that's pretty much the only guarantee in life it will um so if you're always operating at 100 percent of capacity when life throws you that plot twist you're in overwhelm you've got nowhere to go to be able to deal with that so if you can master self-leadership you can make sure that you've always got that buffer. You've got that contingency zone that says I'm working and I'm working really hard. I mean, Pareto used to say it was the 80 20 rule. But you know, for all of those leaders out there, I, I know I get it. You'd love to work at 80 percent of capacity. but It just doesn't work like that, does it? Life doesn't let us. But if we can work really hard on self-mastery to enable us to be working in that 80 to 90 percent zone most of the time, then when life throws us that plot twist, when we get the new challenge, when something out of the blue like the pandemic comes, we've got a little bit of contingency that we can operate within to enable us to find that pause, to enable us to gain clarity. Because the key things for us in being successful is we've got to have clarity on exactly what it is we're trying to do, why we're trying to do it and who we're trying to do it for. We've got to have the confidence that we can actually do it either because we have the skills and the support and the team or because we can find the skills, the resource and the team to do it. And then we've got to commit. We've got to commit that even though it might be uncomfortable, even though we might have to learn new things, we might have to no longer know um, what we don't know, but step into that unknown. We take that action we move forward into that uncomfortable place because it's in our 
uncomfortableness that we grow. But if we've got the right support network behind us and we've got that little bit of a buffer, that little bit of contingency, then we stand a chance. And it's something that we do as leaders all of the time. When we think about our business plans, when we think about our project planning, we wouldn't accept a business plan that didn't have a bit of contingency. We talk through our risks and our opportunities. That is our contingency. We trust that not all of the risks will play in and that some of the opportunities will and that that builds us that buffer. The same is true in projects. You always assume that there will be an element of contingency. And yet we don't do it for ourselves as the leaders in those organisations, those operations, those processes. And we need to because exactly the same is true for us as is true for them. For every one of those risks that comes in, we're going to have to lead our way through it. For every one of those opportunities that come in, we're going to have to lead how that alters the landscape and what we're looking to do. So I think taking the discipline that we already have as leaders and that we utilize every day to ensure our business planning, our strategy planning and our projects are successful. We need to replicate that within our self-leadership to give us every chance of success to be able to be our most effective. Yeah, it's once I started to unpack this topic, I realized like how big a topic it actually is. I had no clue, really, to be honest, how how large a topic. But it's 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 integrated with self-motivation. Right. Because part of, you know, self-motivation is part of this topic. Right. So. I know we don't have a huge amount of time, but in terms of in terms of self-motivation, like why do you think it's so important and how, how do you find it? Like if you're if you're a bit sort of lost in, in your career or your job, perhaps, or your life. So so for me personally and, and Wendy, great um, comment about an accountability partner. They are a great way of doing this. Somebody who keeps you on track and, and that actually it's really sometimes it's easier to let yourself down than it is to let somebody else down. Um, so if you've told them you're going to do it and you've not done it, you feel a bit bad. You've wasted their time. So you're right. That works perfectly. But I think for me on, on self-motivation, um, I always look at there is a there is a cost of doing something. So I'm going to have to get uncomfortable. I'm going to have to go and do something that I don't want to do. I'm going to have to change a habit. And that's not very comfortable. But there's a cost of not doing it. There's a cost of staying where I am. So I have to work through what's the cost of doing it? What's the cost of not doing it? So staying still costs me. Um, And then what's the payoff for doing it? Because then in the balance, what I look at is, yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable, but the payoff is greater than the cost. And what it's costing me to do nothing is too much. It's more than I'm willing to give. But for me, I love, love, love Simon Sinek. I love the whole start with your why. Understand what your purpose is. But for me, I would like to build on that and say, I need to know what my why is. Um, But I also need to know what my who is. So why am I doing it? Who am I doing it for? Because sometimes that's the thing that enables me, the combination of those two, to power through when you want to give up, when it all feels a bit too hard. You just go, oh, it's just not me. I can't do this is to say, remind yourself, not just why you started, but who you started for. Was it for you? Was it for somebody you care about? Was it for somebody you love? Was it to set a good example to your children? Whatever is the who, ask 
ask yourself, is that still really important? And then somebody told me this um, a long time ago, and it really worked for me. It's a bit of a hard hitter, which instead of saying, I can't do that, or I is saying, it's not important to me. And see how that feels. Because when we've set ourselves in a direction that's based on our why, that's based on our who, that is about what we're aspiring to achieve, in those moments where you want to give up, changing I can't to it's not important to me, has been one of the greatest motivators of my life because it doesn't sit well. Yeah, I'm afraid of failure myself. That's That drives me to take action on a daily basis because I just hate to lose. I hate to lose, right? But I think all of these things and all of these techniques are very, very personal, right? And that's why like, I'm really enjoying the study and getting stuck right into this topic, which I think is is absolutely huge. And, you know, we could we could talk about this for ages, but I'm, I'm actually writing a blog right now. So I will be putting that into the Master Mindset weekly newsletter. Um, it should go in on next Tuesday. So, yeah, th- uh, on this topic, actually, and what is connected to it, because there are masses of, of elements to it and the connected topics are just absolutely huge. But I strongly suggest that if you haven't checked out Victor Victor E. Frankel's book, Man's Search uh, for Meaning, I, I would check it out because it's uh, it puts life into perspective, really. And I think sometimes we all kind of need a bit of that, really, you know. But thank you, Kim. It's been it's been most enjoyable. And thank you so much to everyone for uh, for watching and listening. Oh, fab, thanks. It's been a delight to speak to you next week. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Master Mindset. Please don't forget to follow wherever you listen and tell your friends. And tell your friends. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.